Hey guys, what's going on? This is Tommy with the Lead Fast Podcast, and we are joined today by maybe one of the greatest men uh, of my childhood, of my uh, my fam. Like I'm just telling you, this guy is a living legend for my family, at least. Uh, but also in college athletics, uh, everybody, give it up for Coach Danny Ford. All right. So for for some of the guys who uh, may not be from the southeast and may not follow college football. Uh, coach Ford is uh, a nat- the youngest, let's start there, the youngest coach to win a national championship at 33. Uh, back in 17, he was voted into the College Football Hall of Fame, not just the Clemson College Football Hall of Fame, the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, and now he did go play for other schools. He, he, he played at Alabama. He finished his career at Arkansas, but, you know, as a Clemson fan, I'm just going to say the only thing that matters is those wonderful years he spent with us as a Tiger. Coach, welcome to the program. Thank you, Tommy. Nice to talk with you. Good to be with you all today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So when, when Mackenzie said she could get – and now for all the people watching and listening, Mackenzie here is a Carolina fan, which is, you know, you know that other school in South Carolina that we don't really talk about. Uh, <laughs> when, when Mackenzie said she could get Coach Ford on, on our show, I was a little skeptical, but the new hire came through. So well done. Coach, how, how's life for you now? What's going on? Tell us about it. we got a lot going on, but it's fun, and it keeps you busy, and it keeps you sweating, and – kind of like football it kind of keeps you in shape a little bit I love it coach coach going from being a football player to a football coach and now into uh business agricultural business as an entrepreneur how was that how did that challenge shape you I mean that's a that's a pretty big shift well it's a big adjustment because you don't have the coaches and the good players to do all the work you have to do it all yourself (laughs) and and when, when I was coaching I had to the, the great players and I had the great coaches who who taught the guys what to do and, and uh, most of the time they were successful and and it's just like any other thing that a, that a leader is supposed to do that uh, you know, when they win uh, if they get all the the credit glory and everything else that comes with it and when you, when they lose whoever's in charge gets all that so uh, that that's uh, kind of like farming now. Uh, I get all the credit for doing wrong every day school to my son because he's, he's the only one that works with me. <laughs> and you know how working with the family works. You, you never, 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 never do it right for them. Yeah, well, you know, I, I had both of my parents working with me at one point in time, and uh, it, that was one of the – it's one of the hardest things that you can do. But, man, it's fun when things go right and you get to celebrate together, isn't it? Sure. I mean, if you could – if you could win every every time you go out, it would be wonderful. If, if you had a good day and the equipment didn't break down and everything else, and you didn't get the fuss about something, it, it'd be it'd be one. The, 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 you can't do any better than spending time with your family. But unfortunately, that you know, sometimes people, uh, sometimes you know, your uh, family mixes like oil and water, and. Uh, they just don't get get along working together, but they love each other, and everybody loves each other, and in all families. So I don't ever say that, but it's it's hard to me to work with my family because I've always had my way with everything because I was the head <laughs> coach, and now now I'm assistant coach out there. <laughs> no, I, I I I get that as well. That was a hard uh, that was a hard dynamic for us going from a from a kid who. Uh, you know, always worked for his parents to uh, to a kid where his parents worked for him, and that dynamic changing uh, that that was a big change. But you you said something there. You said you know it, it'd be great if you could go out every day and 
and win them all. But you actually got to do that. I mean, in the in the national championship season in 81, you guys had a perfect season. Was that something that was kind of like a goal from the beginning? Or is that something as it got closer and you're, oh, three or four more, we could win this out. Is that how did, what was going on in your mind back then? Well, that, that's, that's been for 40 something years, I guess, in 81. Uh, so uh, it's, it's, it's a memory that's still in the very deeply in my mind, but but at the same time, you know, we were coming off of a difficult difficult year. The year before, we were six and five. So I don't know that we thought we were going to win a national champion. That's always something you you talk about or you set your goals to do. But uh, you know, going undefeated uh, back then, I uh, I thought would be very hard to do in, in any situation. Uh, there's a lot of teams that win in the national championship with with one defeat or one tie, or you could tie games back then. So, uh, but uh, no, I, I mean the, the closer we got, I don't, I don't think we realized it until we got to the North Carolina game, which was like the number eight or nine game of the year that uh, we felt like we got a chance uh, to to uh, win the conference and do the good there and then uh, play South Carolina the following week, uh, uh, two weeks or whatever it was, and then, then play it in the Orange Bowl. And we had uh, a tough ending there with, with three really good teams, and they were all three really good teams. Yes, sir. I, I remember – uh, I remember back then, you know, my, I just I found out this week, my dad was like, you know, I was at the game and we were looking at memorabilia and, you know, my, uh, my uncle gave my, uh, my, I've got a seven-year-old little boy and he gave him a, the, a commemorative pocket knife from the 81 championship season this year. And, you know, oh, they're yeah. starting to, starting to pass down those things to my kiddos and stuff. And so that's, uh, it's one of those things that still, I mean, I, I deal with this every day where we talk about in, with our company and how we help other people leave a legacy, uh, for others and, and, and do something more important than just their life's life's work that, that lasts mm-hmm. beyond them. And you've really been able to do that for so many people, you know, when you, when you're part of something that has such a big fandom uh, and such a big family that Ipte is and in the Clemson football, you know, family, you got to do something that leaves a legacy so much bigger than just, you know, your life's work. This was something that was huge do you ever, do you ever think about that? Do you do you think that like some of the best memories of my childhood are are you responsible for? That's that's pretty epic. Well, no, I, I really don't no, don't. I mean, I really enjoy people and I love people to death. And uh, 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 so we 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 enjoyed being around people and, and visiting with people and doing all that. And, and I I really get a bigger kick out of these players. Uh, coming back home, you know, and uh, and and uh, coming and visiting me at the house or at the farm, and coming awesome. back and telling telling how bad they had it, how rough we were on them, <laughs> you know, kind of stuff that they like to brag about, uh, you know, and and uh, and. Everybody, they everybody got, had they it got their, Yeah, they got their children now, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and they like to brag in front of them and do all this kind of thing. So, yeah, it's, uh, it, 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 I, that's the greatest part about any of, of, of what I do uh, because of uh, uh, getting a chance to influence those kind of people who were really, you know, really great kids and great players, uh 
So we like we like that part about it a whole lot, and that's that's the best thing I yeah. ever got involved with in coaching is is what you do and when you see how these young boys are just a little bit older than children and they're real weak in certain situations. You, you test them, you put them through a lot of stuff and they respond and they win and they grow up. And they leave you as young men and then they come back as as, as fathers and grandfathers. That's, you, you get a really a chance to see the whole whole development of a, of, of a young person and that, that that was the beauty of coaching football to me or, or being associated with young people. Yes, sir. And that was one of that was one of the things we, we did want to get into a little bit because our our platform, what we do here is just strive to make better leaders. And that's sort of the whole thing of, of what we're doing. And uh, Mackenzie's obviously great at her job and, and and has been through that. And as for a young person is more mature than most 23 year olds that we meet that come on the show or, you know, that come to work for us. How is it that you were so successful at taking kids at a very pivotal time, leaving really living, leaving mommy and dad for the first time mm-hmm. and heading off into the real world? How was it that you helped them make that tr- that that transition? Because there are a lot of people, you know, that are in their forties right now that are trying to make that transition. Oh yeah, but people are still trying to grow up, and I got children still growing up that uh, that are in their thirties, you know. And I'm waiting for that day that they become uh, a real grown up that I want want them to be. And sometimes you have to force kids to or people to grow up faster than they want to be. Uh, uh, but uh, the thing about, I was thinking a little bit while I was driving up here to, uh, you know, the world is, is a round world and, it, and it's, it's not a flat and it, 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 it just keeps turning on the axis and, and you can get on or get off anytime you want to in this world. It's not equal. Everybody's not put in the same situation. It's, it's round and, and uh, but that doesn't mean that you can't overcome any situation that you get put into. Uh, there's been so many success stories of people that uh, worked their way up from nothing and, and, and became very successful. There's been people who, who uh, started with a lot, lost everything they've had. So there's all kind of ways to do things. But in this world now, and in this world today, it's a lot harder than it was when we were coming up. It, but, but what I found out is that it's not an equal opportunity place. Some places, some people have a better chance to be successful than others. But that still doesn't mean that you can't be successful. And you just you just got to keep working. And I think that's when, when we get back to your question of, of how did we handle these young people. We, we always believe you could outwork people and you could make them tougher than everybody else. You could uh, get through any rough spots in life that you wanted to, and that's supposedly what teamwork and uh, leadership is all about, is, is to make these people successful. Whether it's your business and you make business people successful, well, that, that, that's, that's your goal and that's your end result. But there's all kind of ways to do it. You can do it different ways, but the way we did it was strictly we thought we could we could uh, motivate people and they got to want to do that. If they don't want it to, you can't motivate them. You sit your head up against concrete all you want to, but you, <laughs> if they really don't want to do it, you're, they're not going to do it. I mean, you're not, you're not going to make somebody do it, but if they got any 
anything to them. And, and, and back in our day, when most of them had mamas and daddies, a lot of them don't now, and that's unfortunate. But uh, a lot of them just are not in, in the perfect situation like they were back most of the time when I was being raised. That your family gives you something, they teach you how to do things, and then you get strung on with somebody at a later date that knows how to uh, push you even further and, and make you even better, then, you know, you're going to end up with a pretty good situation. And, that, and that's, that's kind of what, how we did with our young people. And, and there again, that is, it's never equal, but you, you can make it equal by outworking people that have been motivated. That's awesome, Coach. That's, that's one of the things that we talk about all the time here. Uh, is we, we say this around the office because I, I don't really – you know, we have people here that have degrees that don't have degrees. And I tell everybody, you can't get a degree in grit. Um, no. You can just work harder than everybody else and get where you need to be. And uh, so I, I, I so resonate with that. I love that. Um, that's what we tell entrepreneurs every day when, when they're, like, in business and they want to be better leaders. I'm like, well, just stay later. Show up early. Yeah. Have a better attitude. Work harder than everyone else. And if you're not willing to do the work, then you, I can't believe that you really want what you say you want. It's yeah, not- well, well, well. A lot of people uh, have have the opinion now that, that that you don't need to come early and stay late. And uh, if you if you're a genius, you don't. <laughs> but everybody's not uh, have the uh, IQ. And, and and if if you don't pick up things uh, as easily as someone else, then uh, how are you going to catch up if you don't stay late? <laughs> and it's not how many hours you spend; it's how many quality hours you spend in there, and that you work your way through. Uh, uh, you know, I used to believe that you had to outwork people and stay in the office all day. Well, it'd be eleven, twelve o'clock. I'd be sitting there uh, with my feet on the desk, uh, reading a paper or something. That wasn't quality work, you know. Yeah. You know, but I thought I was—I couldn't go home at a certain time because it, somebody'd be out working me. But I really wasn't spending the the right kind of work hours. That's that's key too. But but there again, I wasn't the smartest guy in the world, and I had to stay <laughs> a while to learn. I mean, and, and you know, that's that's just it. If it if it takes some, it takes some people that are going to college. You can. Uh, uh, we had a quarterback one time that was there when we got there, Steve Fuller. <clears throat> he didn't have to open a book. He just everything came easy to him. We had another guy that passed away now. That was his buddy that named Dwight Clark, who was a probably a better pro player than Steve was, but Steve was a better college player than he was. And, and uh, <clears throat> what uh, Dwight tried to be like Steve, but he he couldn't keep up with him in the classroom, you know. Uh, he, he'd, he'd have to spend more time studying. and, and uh, But he tried to be like Steve and just try to make it through without studying. He had tough time in school than Steve. He, both of them are good students, but not, not, not as it wasn't as easy as done for him as it was for Steve. So he had to spend more time. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Now, Coach, there's you. You've had a unique opportunity. I mean, more than you know, it's such a very small pe- percentage of people get to coach, and then such a very small percentage of that get to coach at your level, and then get to see, succeed at your level. And I, I, I mean, I knew all about the '81 season, like because you know I, I was also two by that point. I was very young. But I, some of my fondest childhood memories are, you know, sliding down the cardboard, sliding down on cardboard of the hill in the West End Zone mm-hmm. and touching Howard's Rock and all that stuff growing up as a little kid. I don't think I'd ever heard the story of the 80 season 
coming off a you know a, a little over 500 record and and like so th- I'm just more impressed now than ever before. So so I always go back. So one of the things we talk about here is that simplification is the way to succeed. Like if you think about the only the important things and you don't have to get caught up thinking about everything else. And so, you know, I know everybody has those like key takeaways. So when you were coaching and you had young men come into your program fresh out of their houses and, and not a lot of world experience. And then for lots of them, because you were a successful program, the opportunity to go be professional football players and go expand their lives or move out of football into the professional world because back then you had to actually go to class and study and all that stuff what were the key takeaways like if you have like two or three things like when you just think about it like here are the things outside of football that I wanted these young men to know when they left my program before you let him go home you know you make sure you go in there and you hug his neck and, and you tell him how much he means to you and why you did everything that you did uh, because if he leaves with a bad taste in his mouth uh, about you, then you, you're going to have a hard time motivating that, that person every day. And I think you'd have the same thing. If you're not happy in business, you're not happy with your employee. You don't have to agree with him, or, but, but you know, and he may be too rough on you one day. But but if you know that he cares about you, you you're going to do. You go, you go and do the extra work and you go the extra mile for him. And that, 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 that was the basic belief of what we believed is that you could push a guy as hard as you could and to make it better. In the, and he may not see why he, why you're doing that, but whatever you do before that day ends, you, you, you go to him. And if you've been extra rough on him, you say, well, you know why I'm doing this or you know you know I care about you. You know I'm trying to make you better. You know, and you know, and, and they listen to you a little bit better like that. I when they're not in uniform and in their <laughs> practice, and you're not getting chewed out in front of everybody else, and you're one on one with them, and take the time to come and explain yourself to them. You know, I just think it makes a a, a better working situation for that, and that was our, our primary. Uh, thing that we we believed in, uh, because I, I would uh, I would hate to know that I, I would hate to know that I hated to go to work every day and get up. I mean, I just uh, that would that would I would work on you pretty good. I, I'm afraid, and I'm afraid you wasn't gonna uh, uh, do a good job for the people that you were trying to do a good job for. Uh, you got to be in a situation that. Uh, not necessarily that you love or agree with or anything else. It ain't got to be perfect, but it's got to be uh, uh, bearable. Well, Coach, that's that's so huge, and that's we 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 talk about over communicating value here. Uh, that's part of it's part of our leadership series, and so we talk about the fact that you've got to over communicate value. We as a and especially in a startup environment, as an entrepreneur, like you have nothing but 18 hour days because you don't have resources. So all you have is time. And so you have to outwork everyone and you have to ask other people to outwork everybody else, their counterparts and other businesses. And so one of the things that we talked about here a lot is that, you know, everyone in this office knows at 4 a.m. if their car breaks down, I need to be the one. I, I want to be the call. I'll, I'll come get them. I'll take care of them. Uh, and everybody here believes that. And because everyone believes that I care about them more than it, than I care about myself, more than I care about anything else, that their their happiness and their contentment is chief on my list. When I ask them to do things that they don't necessarily want to jump on, they understand immediately that, well, 
he doesn't he cares about me, so he wouldn't be asking me to do something that hurts. And that I think has made all the difference for us as we as we've succeeded. I think that's been the key factor. Uh, no doubt, you know, that is, to me, you're 100 percent right on on what you're saying. That's the key to it, you know. Uh, and that's the key to a happy marriage. That's the key to happy kids. That's the key to anything, you know. They've got to know that you care, and as long as they know that you care. You're in good shape. Well, Coach, I am thrilled that you've been on the the call. And you know, McKenzie hasn't said a lot because, well, I'm not going to give up my chance to talk to Coach Ford. She she oh, has well, your, I, she has your number. She can call you back and chat. I, 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 she hasn't said hardly. Well, tell her good. And tell her I, it worked out good. Uh, I tell her I just got uh, I just walked to the dentist office, and now I got to go in here and listen to these women fuss at me for a while. That's well, perfect, Coach Ford. Coach, I appreciate your time this morning. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. I appreciate being on there with you. Yes, Bye-bye. sir. Bye. Well, that was Coach Danny Ford, everybody. That's a great way to have a Tuesday, huh? Wednesday. What day is it? I don't know right now. I'm Wednesday. too excited. <laughs> I'm too excited right now. You guys don't even understand. So that, for me, was epic. Like I, I, So I – sorry, I just need a second. You can fangirl. It's okay. I'm, I'm a little bit <laughs> – so – for me, and so everybody here here knows, I've said so like 93 times because I don't have words. Um, when I get around people who have experience, I just soak it up. Like yeah. I was way, if you've ever listened to any other podcast we've ever had, there's a lot more back and forth. There's a lot more of me talking, saying what I want to say. I just didn't want to talk at all. No, you just want to take in everything. Yeah, no, you just want to listen. You just want to sit here and, like, have Coach Ford tell you all the secrets to life. Yeah. Because he's lived it way, way more. Like And lived it well. Yeah, no, youngest national. Yeah, that's crazy. We talk all the time. It's one of those, like, core things that we say that there are only two ways to learn in life, mentors and mistakes. And we just got to spend 20 minutes having someone mentor us. Now, he's he's seen thousands of kids come through programs 100%. thousands of kids he he has repeated success on a scale that some people i mean i'll never see like i'll never um have personal contact like we'll, we'll i can't imagine that lead fast is ever thousands of people big from a working for us and with us right i hope that we get to hundreds of thousands of people that we inspire and 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 go help them make better business decisions but he has touched lives on a scale that is unreal to me and for him to say the number one thing like the key takeaway that he wanted people to know when they left his program was that they were cared for yeah that's like what else do you need like that doesn't so like for me that just doubles down doubles down on everything I believe everything we teach like he, we didn't do any prep for this, like none. I mean, on our end, we did some prep. I've got show notes for the first time so that I didn't mess up any of the dates or anything like that. But like on his end, it was just completely unscripted. I mean, he's on his way to the dentist for God's sake. That was a phone call sake. to the dentist. Yeah, yeah. yeah was, <laughs> and he's going back to the farm later on today. He was just gracious enough to give us 20 minutes on his drive. And that was like straight off the cuff. The first thing he thought about when we asked what was his success, it was I outworked everyone. I had, I had, so these are my takeaways immediately. You can outwork everyone, but to be willing to outwork, you have to have sort of a, a real assessment of who you are. He said, I wasn't the smartest. Right. I wasn't the greatest. So I had to stay. Um, that's what, by the way, coaching does for you. Coaching allows someone else to, 
tell you where you're at if you can't see it for yourself. And then, and then they, they prescribe what's necessary. And then if you'll do the prescription, then you can get to where you actually think you are, but you're really not. Right. And so for me, I just go, man, like everything made sense there. I loved every bit of that. Like so much stuff there. You have to, you know, he's, he's such a great storyteller. So you just get caught up in his voice and his sort of like quaint Southern charm and all that, like growing up here in the South, that was like having a conversation with my grandpa who I miss. So, you know, that was, I'm single a little tier. bit, yeah, yeah, single tier. I'm a little, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little, uh, put off to the side right now. But when you really start to think about what he said, you can draw so much from that. There's so much wisdom in what he said about hard work and about how they didn't really know that they could get a national, they didn't, they weren't thinking national championship in 81 because in 80, they were six and five. Yeah. Like to come off of a season where you're, you know, 600 to go, oh, we could we could have a perfect season. We can win it all. Like you don't reload talent like that. So what happened? What happened to the guys who went six and five who were still then went perfect? They just worked harder. 100%. They just bought in more. They stayed later. They worked harder. They grinded it out. And as the world changed around them, because some teams got worse, you know, the teams that, that, that would normally would have been a powerhouse maybe weren't as good and and so they had some things work in their favor, but they were ready for the things to work in their favor because they outworked everybody else. They controlled what they could control, their time and their effort. And when things aligned for them, they were ready. Uh, you know, there's this old saying that says, luck is when opportunity and preparation meet. They were prepared. They were prepared. They had taken care of everything they could do. And then when the opportunity came around, they were ready to seize it. Man, and and I don't know if you guys heard him say that, but that's what I heard. <laughs> yeah, when when I actually got to sit in on like a dinner that we had for Coach Ford in 2017 when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, I got to listen to some of his players come up and just tell stories and talk about how hard they worked, like they were worked by him, but then at the end of the day, like he was their dad, basically. That's awesome. Like just the love and care that he showed for people that he would – kick them in the butt sometimes just to make them work. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the culture was knowing that he cared and knowing that he wanted what was best for them because he loved them. And that was that was in a time when, by and large, these kids were coming out of both parent-family homes, hardworking parents. Like, these are blue-collar kids mm-hmm. for the most part. So these are kids that came out of stable houses with hardworking parents and they were playing college football and care made all the difference. What an opportunity now for coaches, for people who – you know, he said it. Most of the kids that are coming into college football programs right now, um, by and large, aren't coming from – Every most kids are coming from single-family homes, you know, that are playing college sports. Most kids are coming from single-family homes, may not have a dad in the picture, all those things. And now what an impact college coaches – like, it's, it's exponential, the impact yeah. that you could have now. But that's also true in, in business. Like, there was, there was a generation of kids – uh, or adults that went into business where everything was about corporate structure and mm-hmm. reporting structure and rules and regs and all this other stuff. And they, you know, sold their, uh, sold the American dream for a salary. You know, we, we always talk about salaries, what they give you to bribe you to give up on your dreams. And so people gave, <laughs> if you're an entrepreneur, you know, that quote, uh, a salary is what they give you to get you to give up on your dreams. They gave up those dreams because their dream was to provide some stability for their family and those types of things. You didn't have to care for them. Their job was to do what they were told, to get their salary, to get their pension, to retire, 
we we built an amazing economy, but now we're seeing a a, a shift in the corporate world. We're seeing. I mean, I've worked for an amazing corporation, but we're seeing a shift in the corporate world where people are. Uh, leaders are trying to show that they genuinely care for their employees, yeah. for, the, for the people that are under them, uh, because they know that they get the very best work out of those people in an environment that cares. What an amazing opportunity we have as entrepreneurs to build a culture because you get to do it from the ground up. So right. there, you don't have to change anything. You don't have to revamp anything. You can just always care. Right. And it always works. It, listen, if you're watching or you're listening, uh, this works every time. Every time. I've, I've done it multiple times. The key um, to success for us as businesses has always been our employee buy-in, um, our family buy-in. We don't even call them staff meetings. We call them family meetings. The key to our success has always been buy-in. The key to that buy-in has always been wide open, just ridiculous care. Always. That's the chief thing. That's the thing I do better than I do anything else to show people that we care about them. So that's your key takeaway today, man. Thanks for watching the Lead Fast Podcast. We are super excited that you're here. I got to work all the buttons without Daniel. He'll be back for the next episode. This is great. We'll talk to you guys later.